The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, it's hard to believe, but we have certainly arrived at the year's final major. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Wedge, part of the Early Edge universe. We're here every single Tuesday live at 3 p.m. Eastern time, or if you are watching on demand, we welcome you also. The chat's already popping. Don't forget, hit that like button for me as we get you set for the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool, or as the locals like to call it, Here are the odds, according to our good friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. Looks a little something like this. Now, interesting that this week, John Rahm is no longer south of plus 1,000. He is at plus 1,200. Scotty and Rory, the only two below plus 1,000. Rory, after winning last week at the Scottish Open, he is your betting favorite this week at plus 575. Let's waste no more time bringing in the stars of the show. I already see in the chat. They're already excited about my man, Steve Scott, back in the house this week. The counselor is here. And, of course, Patrick McDonald. He is leaving court to come do the show and then heading back into court, apparently. Why are we dressed this way today, Patrick? Any particular reason? Uh, just served as a keynote speaker at the Rory McIlroy anonymous <laughs> meeting. Um, so ha- had to dress the part and, you know, traffic here in the area was tough. And here I am. It happens. It happens. But we're, we're glad you're here and you look fantastic. All right, let's get into it. No, before we get to storylines, we got to talk about course. The course. When we have Steve Scott here, nobody knows the course is better than him. Uh, Steve, give me 30 to 45 seconds and kind of educate the people. Or where yeah. are we starting with the course? Yeah, great, uh, great to be here, Coach. You know, really, this this course here, the Royal Liverpool at Hoylake, one of the flattest venues out there. So this is very different than a lot of the other majors out there, way different than Augusta National, way different than LACC, where they played the U.S. Open. Uh, this is a very flat piece of property where putting kind of doesn't matter. And it's really uh, the fifth toughest golf course in the open rotation You know, you're just not going to get a lot of uneven lies, but ball striking is going to be huge this week. And if history plays anything into it, you're going to have to get this ball uh, really in play off the tee because there's some weird spots you can get into out there. There's some internal out of bounds, but it's a beautiful seaside course. It's going to show great and uh, maybe a little more green than we saw it back in 2006 when Tiger Woods took the victory here. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a great open venue. I saw an interview with Ricky Fowler on the course, and he said, some people may call my approach conservative, but it's all about being in play. He said exactly what you just said. By the way, Dustin says, hit that like button for the amazing lineup in embarrassment of riches. We agree, Dustin. 
three of the absolute very best. So let's get into it. Storylines that could affect the betting lines today. And you're looking at three different things, Steve, as we start with you, that you think are going to be very, very important or at least entertaining this week. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. I mean, number one, the tea times are a treat. We're going to have 10 plus hours of tea times on the first two days. 6.35 a.m. local time is the first starting time. 4.16 p.m. is the final time. They have plenty of daylight over there. And so the tea times are going to be awesome. We're going to wake up over here in the eastern uh, part of the country and uh, just watch a lot of golf and kind of watch it all day and then have maybe a little time late in the day to go play some ourselves. The bunkers, the bunkers are a true hazard out here. There's not uh, going to be lots of water hazards or anything like that, but the bunkers are going to be absolutely brutal. Scotty Scheffler talked to them as, you know, they're going to be a true a shot penalty almost because you can't even get it to the green from the fairway bunkers. That's why we saw Tiger Woods back in 2006. He hit one driver for the week, played very conservative off the tee. So keep that in mind, the good drivers here are going to be very important to keep it out of those bunkers. Super important. And then finally, history is likely to repeat. You've got a lot of the best players of the world who, who have ever played this game have won at Hoylake. Uh, most recently, Roy McElroy, Tiger Woods. Uh, we had Bobby Jones. We had Walter Hagen. Uh, ball strikers galore here at uh, at Hoylake. And, you know, you think about 2014, who played well here? Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, both in the top five. Adam Scott was in the top five. All three of those guys playing this week. So, little food for thought. And did you listen to what Steve said there? Ball strikers, ball strikers, ball strikers. And one of those, and I've muted myself again. Damn it. <laughs> Am I back? Am I back? Am I back? Oh, my goodness. This thing's driving me insane. But that's what doing live TV or live podcasting is all about. So, I mentioned ball strikers. Well, Brooks Kepka, he won earlier this year, and he's probably going to be on the Ryder Cup team. But he's one of the big names, Patrick McDonald, that will be teeing it up that looks like they are starting to get into form once again. And Steve mentioned three players' championship winners as well in the defending champion golfer of the year, Cameron Smith. Oh, yeah, he also won at that golf course, TPC Sawgrass, another very flat piece of land so i think there's some correlation there but like you said coach a lot of these live golf members are coming into form dustin johnson has three straight top 10 finishes could have easily contended on the back nine on sunday at the u.s open bryson DeChambeau, t4 at the pga championship top 20 at the u.s open played great at valderrama a thinker's golf course patrick reed rounding into form and brooks kepka likely going to seal up his spot on the u.s Ryder cup team was out there with zach johnson earlier in the week playing a practice round together but it it really is the reigning champion golfer of the year. What is Cameron Smith going to do this week? Eight straight top 12 finishes after a really slow start to the year. Enjoyed his offseason. Enjoyed his money from Live Golf. But he is back in full force. Top 10s at the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. Just won at Live Golf London. Cameron Smith is extremely intriguing to me this week, as are the rest of the Live Golf guys. I look at those top names, the Rory's, the Schefflers, the Roms. They're always going to be there. But what about that next tier of golfer? Who are you focused on? 
Yeah, so that's the thing. I'm just focused on which one of the next tier or the tier after that, who is going to step up and at least be in the conversation the rest of the way through the FedEx Cup playoffs with the Scotty Schefflers, the Rory's, the John Roms, maybe, you know, the Brooks Kepkas. Obviously, he's not going to participate in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But I'm just wondering, is Colin Morikawa going to emerge? Are we going to see more from Ricky Fowler? Is Terrell Hatton going to finally cash in? More Morikawa, DJ, there's so many names that I think are really good and they're really on the precipice of popping and winning a tournament. I just wonder if it's going to be this tournament because the conversation seems to be, well, it's going to be Scotty or Rory or Brooks or Cam Smith. I don't know. I think I think of these other guys in the 20s to 30s to even 40s maybe are live here. I think you're absolutely right. In the chat, I don't know if this is a compliment or not. Addison said, just got here. Oh, crap. Coach is back. Ouch, coach. I know. I think we could. Be, oh crap! Coach is back. It could be like that. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Probably you tell not, yourself though. that. You tell <laughs> yourself. Probably not. Exactly. Exactly. Whatever makes right. you feel better, right? Thank you, Steve. I know. I know. All right. It's time to talk picks, and we're gonna have a lot of picks. And I encourage you. You don't have to make every single one. We're all bringing them to the table. Take what you like. Maybe take your unit size down just a little bit, but grab your paper and grab your pencil and be ready. Let's talk D F. S, a little fantasy, so incredibly popular, and I love that graphic courtesy of the snake. Counselor, I'm starting with you. Give me three plays and a fade. Yeah, a lot to choose from. I would definitely try to play the ownership game here, especially if you're in the 9, 8, and 7K range. Get on some people who are not quite as popular. Wyndham Clark is not is kind of in between there. He's 8,700. I like him because I think the price is wrong. I mean, at this point, he should be higher than Cameron Young, for example, who's 9,000. That's not a fade on Cameron Young. I just think Wyndham Clark is, Clark is the caliber of golfer, especially with this short game and ball striking, that can actually contend here. Love 8,700. Brian Harmon, if you remember last week, I was on Brian Harmon in every single market. I had him in a head-to-head. I had him top 40. I had him as a long shot outright. I had him everywhere, and we pretty much cashed in on Brian Harmon. I'm going to do it again. I think he's a good course fit for this course, just like I thought he was a good course fit for the Scottish Open, 7,300. Very good price. Seb Straka, kind of off everybody's radar, but he shouldn't be. Won the John Deere Classic, seventh at the PGA Championship. Competitive at the Travelers, Memorial, Charles Schwab. He's accurate off the tee, accurate enough to keep it in the fairway, I think. He's not super short. He's great on approach. Greens and regulation is solid. I think we're sleeping on, on Sepp Straka. My fade is going to be an interesting one here. I just don't want to pay up again. Keep in mind, this is DFS, not betting. I don't want to pay up for Rory McIlroy at 10900 I agree he's a good course fit, but if I'm paying up, I'm going to pay up for Scotty Scheffler or I'm going to move back down past Rory McIlroy. Yeah, you've got to be almost just locked in that he's going to be a you know top three player to pay that kind of money in DFS for any player, let alone Rory McIlroy. All right, Patrick, talk to me. Things get weird at the Open Championship, so we're going to go to three bargain bin guys. And Benny on top three finisher last week at the Scottish Open, punched his ticket into this championship, gained over eight strokes on approach there. And this is a guy who kind of grew up here on the Challenge Tour, on the DP World Tour, very comfortable around these parts. He didn't make it into the championship last year, but made the cut in the three prior Open Championships. I love what he's doing. I love the broomstick in his hand. And then I like Brandon Grace, uh, 6,800. This is a guy who shot 62 in 2017 at Burkdale. The form's been kind of touch and go, but he's, he was a playoff loser in Tulsa, finished second in uh, Washington, D.C. on Live Golf as well. Made the cut last time uh, the Open was here. So I think sub 7,000, he's a guy who could flash plenty of upside. We've seen him really contend and peak on the major stage. And then we're going to go to a former champion golfer of the year, 
Henrik Stenson quietly playing some very good golf. T4 at Live Golf DC, T6 at Live Golf London a couple weeks ago. And his open form is very, very good. And then I'm going to fade Cameron Smith at 10-7, really just to play on his floor. He has the ceiling to win this tournament. We saw it last year. He could easily do so again uh, at Live Golf London, which he did just win. The driver was a bit of a concern for me. I think at this golf course, it, it could pose problems for him. So kind of like Sia said with Rory, I'd rather just go with someone whose floor, like a Scotty Scheffler, is a top five or someone like a John Rahm who really is the complete package uh, instead of Cameron Smith, who even though he does have that super high ceiling, his floor is a bit lower than the other guys. I still contend that Henrik Stenson, Phil Mickelson was the greatest final round in the history of the Open Championship. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're too young. Go back and watch it. It was (laughs) unbelievable. By the way, Jeff says, I need to get this off my chest. In course, out of bounds is dumb. Steve, (laughs) why do we need in course, out of bounds on courses that do this all the time? (laughs) Well, this, this particular course, the third hole and the 18th hole, are running across what is normally the members' practice range. So that's why the out-of-bounds is there. It's not really well-kept, and so they just kept it out-of-bounds uh, throughout, and it's always out-of-bounds for the members. It's out-of-bounds for the Open Championship. Makes that final hole a little bit more challenging. They have pushed that hole back, but in the past, it's been like maybe a four-iron, four-iron par five. It's been kind of kind of a strange fit, but uh, it is kind of a weird thing. It's not very popular with golfers or fans. All right. Currently, currently, Jeff isn't too happy about it either. Steve, as always, thank you very much. All right. We got to get into our first round leaders. But before we do that, before we do that, you know, I can't just bring Steve Scott on. I've got to pay him a lot of money. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Let's get into it. First round leaders. And this is for all of you who just can't wait till Sunday or Friday to cash your tickets. And we're actually pretty good at this. So see, we're going to start with you. Who do you like this week? Let's talk about some guys who were really going to go low. I think in, in really any particular round here, but I, I think they're going to be really comfortable walking on to the open championship. And I'll start with Ricky Fowler plus 3,500. He's just not doing anything wrong. He is really the ball striking the putting. Everything is clicking for Ricky Fowler. I think he will walk into this tournament and feel just fine. We alluded to it at the beginning of the show, Tommy Fleetwood at plus 4,000. I don't really like him to win. I know there was a comment in the chat about him winning. Listen, he could win, but I just see him. I've seen him too much sort of wilt kind of in a big way down the stretch over the last couple of months. So I'd much prefer to take him at plus 4,000 uh, as a first-round leader. Shane Lowry, really interesting there, at plus 4,500. He was actually really bad ball striking last week, really good with the short game. But I will say this, he's been really good ball striking previous to the Scottish Open. So if he marries that ball striking to the short game in round one, he will be your first-round leader. Taylor Gooch is a flyer. He's been so good on live, so I'm willing to take uh, 6,500, 65-1 on Taylor Gooch. I'll kick things off with Patrick Cantley at 40 to one. Uh, He just missed the cut at the Renaissance club burned a few people since he had just played so great there the year before, but over the last four major championships, this guy's fifth in scoring. 
Uh, he's clicking. Everything's firing on all cylinders. And Patrick Cantley at 40 to one. This is a guy who has arguably, arguably been the fifth best player in the world this entire season. Just statistically, the wins have not added up for him. So 40 to one for Cantley. 75 to 1 for Hideki Matsuyama, the former Masters champion. I think we're getting a bit of relief on his price given his miscut at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. But before that, he has been absolutely brilliant inside the top 10 and T to green approach and around the green over the last three months. And then finally, I'm going to take a live flyer just like Sia did. And it's going to be Thomas Peters, 150 to 1. He played great at Live Golf London. He is five for five, making the cut at the Open Champion. The big hitting Belgian has the upside to contend for 18 holes. Now, might be like Friday with the wind at the Open Championship, like how this show is going. Uh, all right. <clears throat> now, by the way, Eric says, hoping the good uh, counselor is going to bring us picks from the <laughs> Open Tournament. Hang tight, Eric. Hang tight. We just might have something for you. All right, Steve, you agree with Patrick on at least one of these. Floor is yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, and this is kind of where you'll only see Patrick Cantlay with me giving his uh, history in major championships. He's only had one career top five out of 33 career top fives that he's had in his life. Only one has happened in a major. So, But Patrick Cantlay, he's playing early. Think about this. If you go on the OpenChampionship.com, go on CBS, go and look at the tee times. There are 52 games, they call them. They, they have different verbiage over there uh, overseas, but they have different games. So look for players who have games 20 or earlier. So in the first 20 threesomes, essentially, is where you want to really look for this when the wind is going to be down. So that's kind of why I like Patrick Cantlay. He's in the 17th uh, group there, the 17th game, uh, and he's obviously a stalwart ball striking, and he's very calculated. Ryan Fox is another guy. Uh, he, this guy just seems to pop up everywhere. And you know these, these open events, whether it's the U.S. Open or the Open Championship, there's always this surprise person. You're just like, who is this guy? But they are really awesome players. Ryan Fox fits that bill at plus 7,000. Uh, he's made the cut in all three majors so far. Tied 26 at the Masters, tied 23rd at the PGA, T43 at the U.S. Open. Uh, he tied for 12th last week at the Renaissance Club. And he'd be in the top 30 of strokes gained total if he had enough rounds to count. So Ryan Fox, a good pick. Finally, Chris Kirk. He hits it very, very straight. At plus 9,000, he's, he's playing in the morning as well. He's the 13th game off of the uh, first tee there. And everybody goes off the first tee, mind you. So there's not going to be that disparity from front nine to back nine. Everybody's going in the same order. So keep that in mind. 16th in driving accuracy. And 24th in the FedEx Cup this year, he's having one of his best seasons ever. Chris Kirk, good pick. Yeah, that's great advice, too. We talk about it all the time here on the show. Uh, the morning wave as opposed to the afternoon wave. And the Open Championship is just a different kind of beast. They tee off early, and it's light to like 9 or 9.30 over there. So they can play. I think Roy has like a 3 o'clock tee time or something like that, way into the afternoon. All right. I now get to participate. How nice is that? It's time for what we like to call our bread and butter. It's not the sexiest, but it's only head to heads. So, Steve Scott, I'm going to come right back to you because as I look at my notes, oh, 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 I love all three of your guys. Talk to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I got everybody, all these off DraftKings, by the way. Ricky Fowler. Uh, plus 100 over Victor Hovland. I think he's got the short game edge. And I think this golf course, if you look at history, this golf course tends to repeat itself 
If you look back to 2006, who played very well here and who, who played well in 2014, same type of players. Ricky Fowler, I think he's got the edge over Victor Hovland in the short game. Um, and he's just and he's hungry uh, after that U.S. Open loss. So I like Ricky Fowler after tying for second here in 2014. Robert McIntyre, what can you say about that shot he hit on the final hole last week, only to be upended by McElroy's birdie birdie finish? Or else McIntyre would have won his home open there. Uh, as a Scottish player, he flights the ball well. Justin Thomas not striking the ball well this year. He might miss the FedEx Cup playoffs at 75th right now if he doesn't make a cut here. Uh, coming down the stretch. So I definitely like McIntyre. Tom Kim, this is a Tom Kim type of golf course. He hits it very straight as well, uh, gets it in play. It's uh, just really, really strong. This is not a bomb and gouge course. Uh, Cameron Young really thrives on those bomb and gouge courses. So uh, definitely Tom Kim over Cameron Young right there. You said this is a Tom Kim type of course. This is a Tom Kim type of year. This is when he has put the gas pedal down when he's needed to. And this week could be another one of those weeks. All right. I'm being very strategic with how I'm laying these out right now. As you guys can probably figure out, Patrick, I'm going to let you go next big boy. I, I appreciate it. I'll give away for uh, the stars of the show, but Tony <laughs> fee now minus one Oh five over Matt Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was quoted in saying in his presser that he's just hoping to finish inside the top 30 this week. Hasn't had great success on links golf courses. Meanwhile, Tony fee now five for five at the or six for six at the open championship all six top 30 finishes finished third at a wet, windy Royal port rush in 2019. Similar weather could be in store this week. And then Benny on minus one Oh five over Louis Oosthuizen. Benny on is playing great golf right now. Over the last three months, he's top 25 tee to green top 10 off the tee top 20 around the green Louis Oosthuizen. He has flashed some form on live golf, but I think Benny on just has the higher floor at the moment. And then Hideki Matsuyama minus minus one twenty over Sung JM. This won't be dome golf this week. That's typically where you'll see Sung Jay thrive. He hasn't been uh, playing well. He hasn't played links golf well over Hideki Matsuyama, who I think is one of the more undervalued players on the betting board. I will take the former Masters champ. All right. Very, very interesting. Sung Jay getting absolutely no love, but Ben on somebody's paying attention to his play. All right. <clears throat> now, sorry I'm late. Straka love anybody? Great form. Great long irons, Honda crossover, playoff contention, two under one plus. Brent, we've already talked about Seb Straka. You got to show up at the start of the show. But the man who talked about him, first round leader, is the man who's going to go next. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear what the counselor has to say next. You're up, sir. Yes, Brent, we do like Straka. He might come up again later in the show. So wait for that. Terrell had minus 120 over Tommy Fleetwood. I know everybody loves kind of both of these guys, so it's a weird matchup to have, but I think Tyrell or Terrell Hatton has been way more consistent than Tommy Fleetwood. Now, Fleetwood's been very good, but Hatton is is really stroking it across the board. I mean, the, the putter, let's say, take the Scottish Open, for example. The putter around the green game, off the tee approach, he was positive in all areas. The ball striking has been really good over the last eight to nine tournaments. And with Fleetwood, it's been good, but he has had some slip-ups. So I'm going to take Hatton over Fleetwood here. I'll go to this next one. I'll go to Siwoo Kim minus 135 over Sahith Thagala. And this is just a case of Sahith not playing very well right now. Off the tee and on approach, he's actually been pretty bad. It's not like the Sahith we know and love. He's been very good with the putter. But good news, Siwoo Kim has also been good with the putter, but his ball striking has been fantastic. He's gained ball striking in seven or eight tournaments in a row. He's just in really good form. I'll take him minus 135 over Sahith. 
And then this wasn't my favorite bet. I think Siwoo Kim was probably my favorite head-to-head, but now it's my favorite head-to-head. It has to be because I have a feeling I'm going to have some money on the line in a second. Give me Scotty Scheffler minus 110 over Roy McIlroy. And and I'll tell you, I'm going to make this super easy. The reason I like this is because Scotty's better than Rory. And coach, I'll let you speak on this, but it's, it's that easy for me. So if something is looming, I just want you to know that I accept. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's easy to say Scotty is better. He wasn't last week. He wasn't last year. He wasn't in 2014. But, hey, let's go with that narrative. (sighs) Big Cheesy says Coach loves Roy. Always picks him. I do not. I don't know where the narrative that I love Roy McIlroy comes from. I pick winners. That's why I usually pick him because he's winning lately, head-to-heads. I don't pick him to win every week. I might this week. Um, Zach said it best. I just went on vacation to Hawaii. I spent a lot of money. I need to replenish those funds. So, Snake, if you don't mind, hit the music. Oh, I missed it so much. I missed it so much. A week is too long. So I love Rory this week over Scotty. Me and Sia going toe-to-toe, head-to-head, face-to-face. I love Hatton over Brooks Kepka. This is just not a Brooks Kepka court. Not what he does. Hatton has been dynamic, and he is in line to threaten for the FedEx Cup this year. Tony Finau, do you guys know? Can anybody tell me of the six starts – that Tony Finau's made in the Open Championship. What is the worst finish he's ever had? Can anybody tell me that? T28. The man comes prepared. Wow. T28 is the correct answer. Two top tens. The man's never finished outside the top 30. He says, I like being creative. That's what I like about the Open Championship. Men will be is kind of up and down. I'll take Tony Finau, the man who's won in the last year. And then Brian Harmon, as Patrick said, has been fantastic. T6 here a year ago. He's the quiet assassin. He never talks. You never hear about him. And he just shows up over Keegan Bradley. I like him this week. See ya. Thank you for the donation, by the way. I appreciate that. All right. Now it's time for Patrick to just sit out. But he'll be back because it's time to talk finishing positions. And this is where we tell you, scale it back a little bit. Take your unit size down just a little bit. Because even on a Sunday, you could have a top 20 and they can shoot a 75 and there you go. So be very, very careful. See ya, what do we got today? Yeah, we have one in the top 30 and one in the top 40 market. I'll tell you, I had two finishing positions last week and they both hit, you know, so I did kind of scale it back a little bit from the four that I usually have. I like Wyndham Clark to top 30. Honestly, I kind of like him to top 20 this thing, but top 30 at plus money, I'll go ahead and take the safety there. We've talked about Wyndham Clark already. I don't need to sing his praises anymore. He has the short game. He has the ball striking. I'll take Wyndham Clark plus 105 to top 30. And then I'm going right back to the same exact bet as last week with Brian Harmon. I don't have him as a long shot outright this year or this tournament, but I do have him as the same top 40 bet at minus 115. I uh, love everything about Brian Harmon in terms of fitting inside the top 40. By the way, there was a question about the head-to-heads. I know a lot of them are at DraftKings, but two of my three were actually at Caesars. The only one that wasn't was Scotty Scheffler versus Rory. That's at Caesars and DraftKings. And I got mine at DraftKings. Steve, you said yours were DraftKings. Patrick, you? Yeah. Uh, DraftKings, MGM, and one might have been FanDuel. Okay. Uh, By the way, I liked seven head-to-head matchups, but that's too many to put on the show. So tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., on the morning show of the Early Edge, I will have three more tournament matchups for you that I love as well. That I love as well. Little tease forward. 
It's what we do. Professionals. Hashtag. All right. Steve, you and I seem to be a little bit simpatico here. What do you like this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Shane Lowry is a lock in the top 20, first of all. Plus 150, you just you got to give it to him. He's tied for ninth here in 2014. He is really in the top echelon of Lynx players in the whole world, and he hits a really heavy ball through the wind. So you know the wind is going to be up here, and his ball penetrates through. And, hey, he's a past Open champion. His name is on that Claret Jug. So uh, definitely got to put him uh, in the top 20 for sure. Tom Kim. You know, what What can we say about him? Just striking the ball great. Tenth in strokes gained approach. Seventh in greens in regulation. And sixth in approaches from 200 to 225 yards on tour, which I think is going to be important given the fact that players are going to have to play kind of conservatively off the tee here a little bit more. But he is on point. Here's another guy. Here's a guy, Tom Hoagie, tied at the top 40 pick. Uh, there's a pretty big disparity I saw on FanDuel. He was given 370, plus 370, but on DraftKings, he was only plus 190. And so uh, you got to go with FanDuel on that one because a huge, huge pick right there. He hasn't played great the second half of the year, but he found something in his game last week. Top 20 finish, tied for 19th at the Renaissance Club. And uh, again, you can play conservatively. He's a great iron player. Uh, I, I think he's kind of one of those sneaky guys who's going to get in there. And you might want to lay a little bit more on him somewhere else, too. Steve, we have a little saying here at the early edge and the early wedge. There we go. Uh, educate and entertain. And I believe you just did that for us. Shop yeah. around, get the better number, yeah. doing your work before the show. Do you know who normally doesn't do work before the show? But every time Steve shows up on the early wedge, guess who shows up in the chat? Because he has FOMO. Because he's upset he's not on the show. He's upset that he's not a part of the big four. I'll see him in 30 minutes on Early Edge in five. Mark my words. EC is in the chat currently. It's no coincidence. But if you have any questions for him, go ahead and put them into the chat. He will answer them for you in real time. Quickly, Cameron Young last year, he nearly won this damn thing. And he said before the John Deere, I feel like my good play is coming. What did he do? Nearly won the damn thing. T6 at the John Deere. So I'm going to take Cameron Young plus 30, which is a great number for a player like him in the top 20. Brian Harmon, you know all the, all the reasons, and Tom Kim as well. I love the pick so far, and you guys are being very active in the chat, and I appreciate that as well. But we have now arrived. We've arrived at the most important part of the show because you cannot do anything bigger than tout yourself for picking a winner, which is exactly what we plan on doing this week. So, Sia, I'm going to let you go first and last. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you in a second. Sia, you're up first. Very interesting. I got to give a shout out to somebody in the chat, John Norell, who says, I have to pick golfer to determine where I draft in my fantasy football league this year. Oh. Who should it be, Sia? Well, here's the thing. John Norell is in my league. He's talking about my <laughs> league. He's never been in this chat before. So I got to say, Johnny, John Daly might be the guy for you. The guy for me, however, is Brooks Kepka at plus 2,000. It's plus 1,800 now, but if you're a Sportsline member, you would have seen my article Monday afternoon, which actually had this number at plus 2,000. I still like it at plus 1,800 because, frankly, Brooks Kepka is a big-game killer. Like That narrative is starting to solidify at this point with what we've seen this year. And honestly, if he was on the PGA Tour, at the rate that he's winning when he just splashes on the PGA Tour and, and, and wins something like the PGA Championship, I got to think if he was actually on the PGA Tour, this number would be... 10 to 1, 
12 to 1. So I, I really think I'm getting value with Brooks Kepka here. I've already sung the praises of Terrell Hatton. Don't need to do that anymore. At 25 to 1, I like that. Morikawa is really interesting to me because from a ball striking standpoint, he fits the narrative that Steve Scott talked about on, on the front end. And if you look at his putter, which had been problematic, I believe he's gained with the putter in four in a row. So he's super sneaky to me at a pretty long number for Colin Morikawa, 35 to 1. And then finally, Wyndham Clark. I'll just keep betting this guy because he keeps coming through. Uh, 60 to 1 on a guy who has proven, who has a proven track record in terms of winning. I think that's a very fair number. I agree. Like all four of those, have no issues with them. By the way, you mentioned your sports line article. M Squared also has an article up there that Taylor uh, references in the chat. If you are a sports line member, then you know all this. You get everything early. And that's something we're really trying to do is get picks up early so those of you who are members get that benefit, sometimes even the night before. So thank you, C, and thank you, M Squared, for doing that. All right, Steve Scott, I'm coming to you, big boy. And it's hard to argue with any of your three. Explain yourself. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Fowler, I mean, come on. He's playing great. He's He's got some awesome momentum, uh, and, and he's got this uh, golf course kind of dialed in. He knows how to play this golf course. This golf course is such a strategic golf course. You have to be really cerebral, and you have to have a good history here, I really feel, if you want to – do some good, uh, do some damage this week at plus 2,500. Hey, you know, I'd love to pick Scotty Scheffler because he's at the top of the, all the ball striking stats, but just not enough juice in it for me for him. Uh, Colin Morikawa plus 3,500 really calculated player. Uh, he's finding his form two weeks ago. That was his last event. He's taken the last two weeks off, but he played in the rocket mortgage classic lost in that playoff to Ricky Fowler, uh, found his putting stroke which is important. His last five tournament rounds, 63, 66, 67, 67, and 64. Uh, finally, Tony Finau. I know you love Tony Finau there, Coach. Uh, I think he, he's he got a lot of distance off the tee, but he can play very calculated. He lays up and plays very smart when he needs to. Again, this is this type of golf course that you have to pick apart with the old noggin. So second in uh, strokes gained also on links courses since 2014, he's picked up over two shots on the field uh, over those rounds only behind Jordan Spieth. He's the best other than Jordan Spieth. And he's the only player other than Jordan Spieth to have more than two shots gained per round on the field. So Tony Finau, this could be his time. I sit back and I'm on this show and I can't believe how smart, my guys are. But Steve, if you don't mind using words like cerebral when EC's trying to learn in the chat <laughs> is way up here for him. He's still so working he's, on his putting. He's still working on his putting. Back from he Augusta. Just, he just saw he just shot a solid 95, he said last week. Solid. All right, all right. We can work, we can work on it. Oh man, Steve, he needs your help. He needs your help. <laughs> Patrick McDonald, you're up, sir. I'll, I'll kick it off with Victor Hovland, 25 to one. This is the championship where he got his feet wet on the major, major stage was uh, in that final pairing with Rory McIlroy at St. Andrews over the last four major championships. He is number one in terms of score relative to par at 27 under tied with Scotty Scheffler. It just feels like we're watching this, this guy learn in real time, how to win a major championship contended there at the PGA championship, had that big win at Jack's place it feels like time. His short game rises up to the occasion. He's gained in 10 of his last 12 major championship rounds around the green. You can get away with the putter around some of these uh, greens as well. And then Dustin Johnson, 35 to 1. He arrives with three straight top 10 finishes, one of those being the U.S. Open, where if not, honestly, for the par four second, 
where he made a quadruple and a couple other bogeys who would have been right there towards the end. Uh, two straight top 10 finishes at the Open Championship as well. His best was at the Royal St. George's when he lost to Darren Clark about a decade ago. That was another wet, uh, wet, rainy, windy conditions, which we will get this week. So DJ, two-time major champ, might make it three this week at 35-1. to one. And nothing seems to bother him ever. So if it's bad weather, he probably likes it better than anybody else. So two solid picks, and Victor's great in the wind. He is great in the wind. Now, I'm going to go next, and you guys know me. If you watch our shows, you know the one thing I like the most is a challenge. And you want to talk trash to me? You want to look me in the eye and say, no, Rory's not going to win this week. There's no way, Big Cheesy. Rick, I see you. But I say I'm not going to be dumb again. He won last week. He won the last time they played here. He was tied, what solo third a year ago at the Open Championship. He's one of the players that has figured this out. At plus 800, don't necessarily love the number, love the player. I'm going Rory to prove everybody wrong. Then to back that up, I think Cam Smith's going to have another special year. At plus 2,000, that's my sweet spot. I normally like plus 1,800 to plus 2,500 for my favorites. So this fits right into that. I think Cam Smith could have a very, very good week. Now, Eric asked in the chat for a little something extra. And that's something here at the early edge, at the early wedge, we always try to do for you. Now, see, last week live at some point over the weekend, did you or did you not? give out a winner on the PGA Tour. <laughs> oh, coach, it was even better than you think. It wasn't live. It was before the tournament started on this very show. It was wow. what we called the Barbersall bonus. I gave out three outrights, and one of those three was Vincent Norman at 22 to 1. He came in, we cashed, and I figured, coach, we still have alliteration with the Barracuda uh, EC, that means when you the, the letters, the first letters are the same. So we can do a Barracuda bonus. I can give out three more outrights. Why not, right? Peter Quest at 45 to 1. Uh, for the record, I wasn't on him last week, even though I'm a big Peter Quest fan, but I'm on him this week. Like him at 45 to 1. Chez Reeve playing really, really well. Hot on approach, hot with the putter. 50 to 1 is a very generous number. And then my guy, you've heard him on this show so many times, Carson Young at 80 to 1. I actually think he has the gameplay to maybe win this thing in this type of field. So those are your three Barracuda bonus picks. Uh, Steve, let me ask you this. Peter Quest, four weeks ago, nobody knew who the heck this guy was. Now, all of a sudden, he's one of the best players on the PGA Tour. What has made him so special the last three tournaments? Yeah, I mean, his he's just come out of absolutely nowhere. He's had a Corn Ferry Tour status. He hasn't played one Corn Ferry Tour event this year. He, he's played <laughs> on the PGA Tour. Monday qualified, gets in, top fives, top fours, all this sort of stuff. He's got a great golf swing. Uh, he's got a just a mature uh, way about him for the 25 years of age. So Peter Quest is on a major quest. And uh, I think I think uh, Sia is right here. The counselor is on the money here with with that pick and Ches Reeve and all the I mean, yeah, re really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, note to self. Sia is pretty good at what he does. Pretty good at what he does. Yeah, golf clap, by the way, for that that victory last week. I mean, Vincent Norman, I mean, we, we was, you know, a little sweating it out there. Yes. Uh, extra <laughs> little extra deodorant on the Sunday afternoon for you there. <laughs> yes. But but uh, sweated that thing out in the playoff. Well done. Are you saying that there weren't a lot of other people picking Vincent Norman last week? I, I saw it every nowhere. I, I saw it nowhere. <laughs> you were in Maui. Right you didn't pick him. <laughs> That's very true. I didn't pick him. I did actually bet on him two head-to-heads on Friday and Saturday. Won those. All right. So thank you, Sia, for that. All right. We've arrived. 
And when we have no other sections of the show to put something in, we put it here. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that EC decided to join us in the chat. Because I think I'm going to go first, gentlemen, if you don't mind. Because in this world, Steve Scott, we call this the EC special. Because EC lives in the world of parlays are fantastic for everybody. Play them all the time. I hate it. However, out of respect for EC and his golf knowledge, I'm going to go. You can find this at DraftKings. Top five parlay, which means both Rory and Cam Smith have to finish inside the top five. They do that. It's going to pay it out at plus 1,100. The top 10 parlay, if you like that, is plus 400. Don't mind that either. But that's my play section. EC is for you. All right, Steve. Do you? What do you like? Yeah, I I got I really like uh, Alex Fitzpatrick, first round leader. Not Matt Fitzpatrick, Alex, his brother. He's got a lot of good no- knowledge from his brother to start with. And then uh, you know, if you saw the way he qualified for this Open Championship, he made a bunk. He hold a bunker shot from one of these pot bunkers. He was on his knees praying to God that he was going to just get it out, and the ball went up and out and boom, right into the hole. So he's got some magical powers working, uh, yeah. does Alex Fitzpatrick. So uh, And he tie, he was top five a couple weeks ago in, in Italy. So, uh, you know, you never know about him. A uh, huge long shot there. Outright winner, Sepp Straka. You never know. He's He qualified. Uh, he won that John Deere Classic, like we mentioned earlier. And, you know, he's just kind of flying under the radar. I, I would put something on, on Sepp Straka this week. If it's not for an outright winner, like I'm going to do, Put him somewhere because he is just – he is really solid right now. And he showed on that Sunday that he can go really low. He started the day four back, and at one point he was up seven on that particular <laughs> leader. I mean, it was crazy. It was a crazy – should have shot 59. Should have shot 59. He should have. Mm-hmm. He only needed one birdie in the final four holes. Couldn't do it with a no. par five. Couldn't do it. And still All right, so, you, so you like him. Yes, still one. So Steve likes him to win. See, let's come to you. You like Sep or your – putting it out there that potentially as a first round leader, why? Yeah, because he is one of those guys that we know can go low. And it's not just the John Deere classic. He has a history of, first of all, he has a history of missing cuts and and just having bad tournaments, but he also has a history of spiking the opposite way. And lately we're seeing more of the spike in the good way as opposed to the bad way. So I'll take Sepp Strzok as a first round leader at hundred to one. And then my long shot winner, I mean, Sung J.M. at 110 to 1, that's just a very curious number. I saw when lines opened, Decky was in that 100 to 1 range. Now it's been bet down to 70. If that was still 100 to 1, I probably would have gone Decky there. But Sung J.M., if his form is there, he's actually a pretty good course fit here. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Sung J.M. actually has a great tournament and is contending on Sunday. It's such a fascinating year to see all these big names because of how good the top players have been. You're getting really great numbers on a guy like Sunjay or on Patrick's two guys. Talk to me, Patrick. I agree with Steve's uh, thoughts on Tony Fee now. I love him this week. The Open Championship resume is stellar. And when you pan out, last 12 months, he is among the best in the world in total strokes gained. And then the artist formerly known as the big one, the artist formerly known as the mad scientist, (laughs) 2020 U.S. Open champion Bryson DeChambeau. Last year when he couldn't find the face of the map with with his golf ball, he finished T8 at the old course. He is playing some great golf right now. Six straight top 20 finishes. 
contended there at the PGA Championship, top 20 at the U.S. Open. But I really like that he finished runner-up at Valderrama. That's a thinker's golf course. you got to reel it back in. You can't bash driver everywhere. And so in 2014, Hoylake identified the best driver of the golf ball as the best player that week in Roy McIlroy. I still believe Bryson DeChambeau is the best driver in the game when he is on. So at 70-1, to 1, I'm willing to chance it. I'll tell you what, he certainly has been rounding back into form the last couple of months, hasn't he? He really has. I think he had to adjust to the weight loss after he adjusted to the weight gain. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, by the way, Sia, we forgot. We talked about all about that Sepp Straka good stuff. Remember the Olympics? Brent says in the chat, 90 to 1. He was the first round leader at the Olympics that Xander won. Forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. I believe it was CT Pan uh, that was on the podium as well there. That's right. That's right. So much great analysis. Tell all your friends, if they're not watching this live, you better check it out on demand. Three of the best minds in golf today. Now, we like to end every single one of our shows asking my guys, what's the number one most important thing they're looking forward to this week? You can use it for this week or use it into the future. Perhaps the FedEx Cup playoffs. You just never know. See you in a job. We'll start with you. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I I want to see more of a splash from these second and third tier guys. We have seen it all year, but with Scotty in the field, with Rory in the field, with some of those top, these, those elite guys, I don't think this is the tournament necessarily just for the elite guys. I think the guys in the twenties and thirties are going to splash the pot here. And I'm really looking forward to seeing who is that going to be? Is it going to be Colin Morikawa? Is it going to be Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler? I'm not real sure, but I can't wait to find out. And I also can't wait. For my heads-up matchup with you, I, Scotty Scheffler, I just want you to know, he's going to beat Rory by six strokes. There. You have it. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just said that Scotty Scheffler is going to beat Roy McIlroy by six strokes? Biff lent me his almanac, almanac, and I checked it out, and uh, he wins by six. Okay, so why don't we do? Why don't we make it a little more interesting then? Let's make it a little more interesting. I'm listening. How about if, if our guy, Rory, wins by at least three? over Scheffler, or vice versa, let's triple it. Oh, the wow. That's a monster. And of course I'm in. Let's go. Amazing. Snake, I believe that's worth one more. Oh, right before the train. One more time. Hit the music. Let's go. Let's go triple. First time ever in the history of the early way. Ripple. Oh, sometimes you got to flex, and sometimes you got to flex three times. Why would you embarrass yourself like that? Or twice. <laughs> All right. So uh, chicken arms over there is flexing. Uh, Patrick, what are you looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to this train getting out of my background, and I'm looking forward to the weather, Coach. We have seen the forecast change multiple times already, and it's only Tuesday evening. Uh, you know, beware. It, it's going to be a great live betting opportunity if there's someone four or five back, but off in the morning, and it might get windy and ugly there over the weekend at Hoy Lake. So keep an eye on the weather. Uh, refresh that forecast. It's changing by the minute. Uh, and have fun with it. Good live betting opportunity. Last major of the year. There's only four year. Uh, you know, savor it in. And I would encourage you to watch the early edge every single morning. We'll have picks for the next morning because it, it, we, we just have to do it that way. So we'll try to project the day before. It's going to be hard, but we're next level golf cappers. That's what we do. That's who we are. All right. 
Steve Scott, you've been to, I guarantee you, more majors than probably the three of us combined. So what are you looking forward to the most this week? Well, I'm looking forward to getting up early and watching this golf. That is awesome. I just love it. And then having some time in the afternoon to do something else after all that's said and done. But all I'm looking for is for the, the players who were in the top 10 in the strokes gain tee to green this week. Uh, the winner is going to come from that. So just go on your stat thing and take a look. Scotty Scheffler is by far and above. I mean, he should win this. And if history proves itself right, he probably will. So uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, just somebody's going to come in out of that top 10, though, for sure this week. All right. I like all of that. Uh, I have two things that I'm most looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing what the chat actually takes before they watch the show, because it's got to be something. Because Joe just said, I think Sia is low-key the best athlete in the early edge universe. Hmm. Hmm. Clearly, you don't know my background. (laughs) And then I just got a text, because within our little universe... AB really knows how to burn me, and he really knows how to set me off. So you're going to see the text that I got on Early Edge in 5. It's a graphic, actually, and it just ticks me off. You got to tune into that show to find out what I'm talking about in 12 minutes. I'm hot. I'm not happy, (laughs) as you can tell. Steve Scott, as always, thank you for showing up for the majors. He'll be back for the final two weeks of the FedEx Cup. He'll be at the Wyndham as well for PGA Tour Live, so we will get a lot of course knowledge there as well. I'll be on the 3M Open next week, so me and Steve have you covered the final two events before we get to the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's what we do. Is there any other golf show that has two members of PGA Tour Live? I don't think so, because that's what we do. So, with all that being said, There's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these early wedge tickets straight, except for Scheffler over Rory, to the pay window. For my entire crew, Lobo, Counselor, Patrick, my man Steve Scott. I am the coach, and who can forget about the snake making the show look unbelievable? Always behind the scenes. We grind for you so we can win with you. It's what we're all about at the early edge and also right here at the early wedge. Good luck. 